Hello and welcome to Pit Stop Conversations. We are coming today with another episode wherein we bring in one more uh, one more occupation which is related to the field of psychology and uh, but it is something new, something different, something that most people are not familiar with. So uh, we have heard of physiotherapy but there is also something called as occupational therapy. Uh, so I'm sure there would be a lot of confusion in the mind of a whole lot of listeners as to what exactly constitutes an occupational therapy as an occupation and what is it exactly that an occupational therapist does. So to help me uh, today to understand and present this particular career in front of you is Sriharsh Jahagirdar. So welcome Sriharsh. Uh, he is an assistant. Pro- yeah, he is an assistant professor at uh, the uh, BYL Nair Hospital in Mumbai, and uh, he has completed his master's in occupational therapy and is currently pursuing his PhD. Uh, he is also a gold medalist in his uh, you know penultimate and final years of uh, the masters that he did. And uh, he has an experience of 12 years where he is teaching, uh, you know, uh, things which are related to his field, which is basically the uh, neurological and neuropsychiatric conditions, which are then helped with occupational therapy. And he has also done a lot of research in uh, various fields like, uh, you know, autism, autism in children, autism in uh, adults. And, uh, you know, looking at how to help people, uh, you know, uh, uh, deal with, uh, say, COVID, COVID rehabilitation. So there is a whole lot of research also that he is into. And of course, he is also the convener of uh, the Mumbai branch of the Association of, um, uh, all, sorry, All India Association of Occupational Therapists. Uh, and he has done a whole lot of other things as well. So that's quite a lot of things that you do. And uh, there are so many things that I'm curious about. So over to you, Sriharsh. First and foremost, I would like to understand what exactly is occupational therapy? And uh, how is it different from uh, doing, say, physiotherapy? And then we will come to what is it that you do as an occupational therapist? So yeah. Sriharsh, tell me. Yes. So first, I'll uh, stick to what uh, I do like, as an occupational therapist. Uh, occupational therapy, as the uh, uh, the term suggests, it's a science about using occupation. By occupation, we just don't mean that we earn and get our homes at the end of every month. Occupation mm-hmm. uh, is a science in itself, uh, where we believe that anything that gives meaning to our lives, like we all do cooking. Huh? But okay. if that cooking is meaningful to me and it defines my role in the house. Okay. Teaching. Teaching is an activity. But when that teaching means something to me as a teacher, it becomes my occupation. So okay. any kind of disease, disorder, may it be physical, mental, psychological or emotional. Okay, Mm -hmm. if there is a problem in pursuing all these activities which give me the meaning to my life and which Mm -hmm. I want to do uh, to keep myself occupied Mm -hmm. is what is termed as occupation in occupational therapy. 
So okay. we have this uh, statement that we usually make is we use occupations as the end and the means to cure people. So by saying that, what we believe is we believe in the human and not the disease that he is suffering from. And we, we as occupational therapists believe that when a person who is sick or ill is engaged into something meaningful, something mm-hmm. he has been looking throughout his lifetime and something which is close to his heart, when we use it as a medicine, when we use that science of that particular activity as a means to cure him of his ailments. Okay, so basically we see that after a process of occupational therapy, the person gets back to doing things which he, before the advent of his disease, uh, did it with full vigor and still wants to continue pursuing it. As simple as uh, for an elderly individual, after a hip fracture, after a hip replacement, the most important uh, aim of their life is to go to toilet by themselves. So that okay. is so meaningful that, I mean, that uh, the most important, like my aunt uh, who had bilateral TKR, one, the another aunt who had a pacemaker implant, the first thing that they wanted to do is run around in the house Run means walk around in the house right. and be at least be able to do something in the house. So that gives them role because they both have been homemakers. So in that situation, teaching them or involving them, their decision making in these activities becomes our therapy, becomes a medicine for their survival. So it is not about the actual medicines that they take. It is not about the surgery that has been performed. It has done successfully. So we say that that medical field gives life to individuals and we actually give the meaning of that living to that individual. So the oh, wonderful. End, uh, <laughs> so occupational therapy is a process which we is more than physical. It looks as a person as a whole. Uh, basically, you see two people of same diagnosis. Okay, it might not affect them equally. Mm-hmm. It might affect them in different ways. So, mm-hmm. if I, uh, as a uh, as a treating therapist, a, uh, aim at same exercises or same things for both of them, I will circumvent their best outcomes. If I am not taking into consideration where they live, what is more important to them. Okay, and who all been in involved in their caring and at what extent. If the if I'm not having the entire picture of this patient, I'm circumventing his outcome. So as an occupational therapist, I use activities which are occupations to build on the recovery process and mm-hmm. use them as a modality of treatment as well as to see whether they have achieved their level of satisfaction in doing those occupations. So we, it is a very client-centered approach and uh, we combine, we always call as occupational therapy as art and science. So we combine the art of creativity and it pours a lot on the therapist uh, also how he gets into the two cultures, into activation, how that uh, he becomes a part of their culture 
and then swiftly try to make them more occupational in their day-to-day life. So, uh, as as I said earlier, occupation as means to recovery, and the final stage of recovery is integrating that person into the environment and in the activity that was important to him before and now as well. Wow. So, Shreyash, you've brought that out so beautifully. Uh, the, the basic core difference between uh, physiotherapy and occupational therapy, wherein uh, as an occupational therapist, your focus is the individual and the individual within his or her, in, uh, you know, uh, distinct, distinct environment. Yes, context. Exactly. So, very distinct and very unique to each person. So, as you rightly pointed out that you cannot have the same set of exercises for each one of them. It has to be tailored. It has to be very customized. Looking into the entire 360 degree view of the person yes. and his or her environment. Oh, that's so beautiful. And uh, I, I loved the way that you said that, you know, uh, medicine brings about, uh, gives life to the patient, but an occupational therapy a therapist brings about meaning to that life. So that's, that's so wonderful. That's really wonderful. So uh, when, when does your role begin? So at what stage are you involved? Like you talked about a patient post-surgery or you talk so when is it that you as an occupational therapist gets involved in the entire process of healing of the patient so uh, to begin with uh, there is actually uh, at any point of time an occupational therapist can get it like for example mm-hmm. in certain cases like selective surgeries we take or talk about post burn contracture like people having contractures after their burns so in that mm-hmm. situation right from before like right from when the surgeon has started planning the surgery so to increase the viability of the tissue to make them understand about the entire post surgical process to make them uh, you know to, uh, to design the and fabricate different kind of splints that we call as like we have these conformers which keep that neck into that position so that the graft is taken well after the surgery plastic surgery I personally uh, am a masters in occupational therapy in neurosciences so I work in um, uh, in neurolo- uh, patients, I work with patients with neurological disorder and one of my area is neurosurgery recovery. So, okay. uh, you must have known that we, uh, Dr. Nardkarni who heads the department there is uh, uh, has been the surgeon who has operated on the largest tumor in the world. So, uh, we are an integrated team where right from the admission into an ICU till the patient gets into the wards we are there and Mm -hmm. till the time uh, the patient is discharged and after that the process still continues some of the patients who are working they would need some kind of certification to join back to their jobs for example Mm -hmm. a person who has been operated for a block in his artery admitted in uh, neurosurgery recovery then recovers Mm -hmm. goes back home there are certain residual deficits he has to join back to his duty in that process the entire the entire process from planning is immediately post-procedure therapy, how he mm. can be independent as early as possible to planning his discharge like after going home, what will be one, two, three that he has to do, what are the do's and don'ts. For example, mm-hmm. a patient who has a broken first and the second uh, a second spine of the, uh, what we call a cervical spine, neck, 
Hmm, so hmm, they have hmm. to use a special collar for three months. How are they supposed to carry out their day-to-day activities in spite of these restrictions? All those education, educating the patients, educating their caregivers so that there is no learned dependency. And hmm. after the discharge, how you need to follow up if there is any kind of an event that happens or if there is certain level of recovery that you have reached, come back to us, certification, uh, evaluating them for whether they are fit to go back to their job or no it's it's a team process but we use we act as a proxy to evaluate these systems uh, and give it to the surgeon so that they can decide whether the person can go back to this job or no so here the you see that we concentrate on the person we concentrate mm. on his immediate human environment that is caregivers and a larger environment his home his office uh, and the community at large so, uh, so to answer to this question is right from the advent of any kind of disease or a disorder, which uh, deters you from doing what you are supposed to do till the time you are integrated back into the community, the occupational therapy process continues. Okay. So, wow, that's interesting to know that that's a whole spectrum that you're addressing and right from the beginning till the patient is completely recovered and on his or her own feet, right? Supporting even beyond the hospitalization stage. So, you you talked about both physical as well as mental emotional disorders. So, I am curious to know uh, more, a little more about the emotional mental uh, disorders. What kind of work do you do? What is the target population? Who is it that you are working with? And uh, what is then we are looking at actually, uh, you know, doing there as an occupational therapist, what is it that you really do with these kind of because a medical patient is something that, uh, you know, maybe even the listener as a lay person would understand. Right. right? But uh, when we're talking about mental and emotional disorders, what is it that we are really looking at? What kind of uh, disorders? Uh, I am very proud to say that occupational therapy began for uh, patients with mental illness after the world war. There was more Mm. than the physical abilities that people had lost then. There there was whole confusion. There was was nothing that they could think of beyond. I mean, the war had ended and what next? Mm -hmm. So, occupational therapy began from that moment. Moral moment where we use... Uh, you know, uh, you must have, most of you must have heard about depression, which is quite common now. Schizophrenia, which is, uh, which has been brought up in many of the movies also. So what happens with these mental disorders? The person tends to refrain or do not attend to his day-to-day living. So mm-hmm. as an occupational therapist, we have, uh, we have a, we have our aim to make them independent in as basic as called as activities of daily living. That's our forte. So to get back to his day-to-day okay. routine, because routine builds up uh, mental health. We all know about that. So when a person with a mental acute mental illness, like for example, acute flare-up of depression, acute flare-up of schizophrenia, wherein the person is not taking care of himself or herself, the patient has lost contact with reality, the patient has hallucinations, hears things that is not being spoken or uh, and feels things that are not happening. In that situation, getting them back to reality using structured activities which have a definite end point 
also involving them in small small routines that they had before building them emotionally increasing their decision power getting mm. them less dependent on drugs and more dependent on their self recovery right from an ipd setup for example we get them out of the ward and tell them to do small activities physical activities and some recreation activities which will take them away from stress also you asked about whom do we see we see right from a person child with a child abuse till an adult with dementia or with an elderly abuse so uh, occupational therapy we usually again use this term as from whom to whom so we right from nicu till the time uh, they are about to uh, say goodbye sign off from their lives we are we can provide them because what happens is having a meaningful um, living is what we look at so for example mm-hmm. a person who is uh, aggressive because of schizophrenia or psychotic disorder so how do we channelize that aggression through various activities mm-hmm. okay we have okay. various activities in the department at an inpatient level then we then transit them to a, a daycare centers wherein we we uh, try to assess them whether they can sit for so much longer time for example a alcohol dependent patient comes for a certification who works for bmc setup so naya hospital being a bmc setup we do a lot of these occupational assessments so when these patients come to us we assess their overall physical ability overall judgment abilities whether they are able to cope up for example in case of alcohol dependence there are mm. chances that the person has a good physical ability but they might they might relapse to uh, yeah. consumption of alcohol so in that how to sustain their coping mechanism how to channelize their emotional needs how to uh, educate them about their own uh, coping strategies that's the most mm. important thing i think that we do is empowering the patients so we do mm. we we build their own res- resilience we build their own system so that they will understand which is the best coping strategy for them so it is not that we propose and the patient disposes we make a consensual decision about what will help in future so we run a lot of support groups first if in an acute phase what we do is we try to uh, we try to engage them individually like a, mm. so a solitary activity then one on one then a slightly take off our role from making the decision and then involve that person in a group activity and then understanding giving them roles as per their education their understanding their uh, uh, psychological status at that point of time and this is actually quite dynamic you cannot say that today if the person has cooperated tomorrow he will be the same Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, most of the times uh, in a psychiatry ward uh, a novice student of final year or uh, one who's recently joined will always come back saying sir wo so raha hai usko uthna hi nahi hai i said because of that only he is admitted in the ward it is our duty to get him up at least make an eye contact to you wipe his own face in the bed take his own medicines explain him why that is important because if you want to go back home there has to be steps involved so we try and 
build their own uh, recovery mechanism. For example, we asked them, ki, how do you think you'll get discharged? So then they said, I don't know. And then maybe next day again, when the same situation arises, then they say, ki, so let's start doing that. So building up step by step, giving that, building that trust is very important. Uh, why occupational therapy uh, uh, is the oldest, uh, oldest rehabilitation field? First, it was occupational therapy, then came uh, physiotherapy and an occupational therapist started even the speech therapy. So, okay. occupational therapy being the oldest, what we believe in building up a rapport or we, we call it as a therapeutic alliance. Okay, mm-hmm. so when uh, we have a connect, when you know that you are going to make a positive difference in my life, only then you will be able to participate in the whole process of rehabilitation. So this holds very true for patients with psychiatric disorders. What happens? Mm-hmm. The trust building is most important. Everybody comes and asks me history. For example, ah, tum daru tha kya? and it is kind of derogatory. Right. True. I mean, mm. every every person coming and asking the same history about what is wrong with me. But an occupational therapy has a very electrical um, approach. They ask, how, about, how are you feeling today? What you would want to do? So mm-hmm. when we try and promote that advocacy, when we mm. try and say that you are the master and I am going to be uh, just a facilitator there, the mm. compliance to the treatment increases. Of course, we have to be assertive at times. For example, a patient who is in mania, who is mm. flamboyant and all over the place. So, in that term, we have to be assertive and channelize that behavior. So, it is a, a great skill or a trick of an occupational therapist to pick up these and, you know, channelize it. So, and uh, building up a rapport, uh, making the, uh, the family members educate about this condition how to handle these kind of aggressive episodes most of them tend to you know tie them up or use a uh, 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 means by which it is inhumane to be person so mm-hmm. in that situation we actually educate the uh, parents also and another group of patients that's now coming in is children with lot of developmental disability who are called as neuropsychiatric or minimal brain dysfunction like you have heard of learning disability, autism, hmm. attention hmm. deficit, hmm. hyperactivity. So in that there is a lot of uh, mix about emotion because the, uh, the person with uh, uh, with ADHD or learning disability, they are aware about what's going wrong. They can see that their handwriting is not good. And as a result, what happens? The secondary complication, the personality disorders, the mood mm-hmm. disorders, like going into depression. So there are a lot of play between the neurological symptoms going on to the emotional and psychological stress. And as an occupational therapist, since we have, uh, we have uh, in our education, we have uh, all these parallels to learn psychology is an entire 100 mark subjects and we also have our OT uh, in psychiatric condition or mental health disorder so we combine these two sciences and see to it that how the best outcomes can be achieved for these people 
wow that's that's so so comprehensive so if i understand understood you correctly let me just take uh, you know my take away or my understanding of it so occupational therapy began as as a treatment for post traumatic stress disorder which was after the war uh, rehabilitating the soldiers basically and giving them meaning that beyond just being a soldier or beyond beyond being uh, always in that ready Uh, mental state how you can now adjust back to normal routine life that was the beginning of occupational therapy like you said uh, second thing what you uh, highlighted very beautifully was that uh, the entire focus is making the person resilient he is uh, he or she is the owner of their own recovery and uh, empowering them with those tools and ways and means in which they can actually begin to live their life again in a more regulated manner in a more meaningful manner and you very rightly uh, pointed out that you know having a routine is a very very important aspect of it right and you also uh, mentioned that you know this is actually an entire spectrum right from a newborn in a neonatal uh, care unit intensive care unit to the time people are actually ready to leave uh, the world so the entire spectrum of life and uh, the various uh, stages at each and every stage whenever there is something that uh, is uh, you know overwhelming for the individual and is difficult to cope up with that is when an occupational therapist can step in and definitely help enhance their lives right and uh, you uh, so you have also mentioned like as i was listening there i also got this that there is a good amalgamation of you know both medical knowledge that you require and psychological knowledge you require and you just mentioned that as well so i would like you to now uh, you know elaborate a little more on what exactly is the kind of educational qualification you required uh, what kind of training is required how many years and what is it that one really does so uh, if uh, Uh, say a new person a, a, a student or a, somebody who is contemplating coming into this field what are the avenues what do they need to do yeah so uh, it is uh, occupational therapy is called as allied health science so it okay. is not paramedical it is not medical it is called as allied health science okay mm-hmm. uh, so as in part of allied health science uh, uh, currently i am a pro- Uh, assistant professor and an uh, affiliated teacher to Maharashtra University of Health Sciences. So the okay. basic uh, uh, entry level is twelfth, twelfth science with mm-hmm. biology uh, in it, and uh, okay. after that you need to give a NEET, that is National mm-hmm. Entrance Examination, and after that you get into this course, which is a four and half years bachelor's course. So when I okay. talk, I say tell it as a four and half years course. in each year we have subjects pertaining to the medical field mm-hmm. right from anatomy physiology biochemistry psychology we have medicine surgery plastic surgery neurology medicine all the those that a regular a medical field will be mm-hmm. apart from this every year we have two specialized subjects pertaining to occupational therapy okay the very striking feature of this course it is mostly practical based mm-hmm. by that i mean uh, by from right from first year we train or empower our undergraduate students to communicate to communicate mm-hmm. with patients and their families so we have this case record forms that we 
train them to seek history in a way that uh, that the person develops rapport with you and then go on to hands on with the patient right from first year so if okay. somebody is really empathetic somebody has a uh, ability to care for ability to listen and a zeal to help or promote health i think this is the best profession why because uh, one it has best of both worlds it has medicine knowledge of medicine and it has uh, uh, it has different fields of bioengineering psychology then we also teach them how to design and fabricate splints how to uh, uh, you make computer assisted devices adaptive devices it's a whole lot of fun when you uh, come to an occupational therapy course uh, after this four and a half years four years of bachelor's degree like first year second year third year and final year we also have uh, exposure of our students to research uh, in the fourth year they have biostatistics like that gives them things to be a researcher independently and in internship they are supposed to make a project a small project in group and present it as a research at the end of it which is a mandate for uh, having the internship completion so okay. when you see it is 6 months of compulsory rotatory internship is the time when we make them empowered to become a full-fledged clinician and the most mm-hmm. important part that even after a bachelor's degree a person with a bachelor's degree can uh, run up his own setup okay. uh, after he in maharashtra we have a maharashtra state council for occupational therapy and physiotherapy so they have to enroll themselves be a member of, for them to practice in india on a larger scale on an all national level the, uh, the council is uh, in the process of building and soon it will be formed but otherwise all india occupational therapists association uh, bears the responsibility of uh, you know safeguarding interest of all occupational therapists around so there are very few colleges but the course is extensive it uh, it as i said because it involves both medical as well as uh, specialized occupational therapy subjects mm-hmm. and it involves a lot of thinking it involves a lot of application you mm. as a scientist you as a human so uh, so it's it's completely a different ball game and somebody who wants to do a little hatke thing in their life and that was precisely i wanted to do occupational therapy i mean uh, i was about to ask you that that what yeah. what attracted you to this field yeah, how did you land up I here mean, uh fortunately unfortunately only basically when i was giving my 12th exam my aunt underwent an accident it was my chemistry paper i still oh, remember okay. and that time uh, she required of course there was a fracture of her patella and she required therapy and this used to be this physiotherapist mm-hmm. came in and then uh, my uncle was a rot- uh, rotarian so there was this uh, okay. uh, function wherein dr kullodkar who is happens to be an, a former hod of nayar occupational therapy department had come uh, for that function as a resource okay. person he came home and then which induced curiosity and that was an year when internet has just seeped in my house because my brother eldest brother had started earning so uh, so the whole world was open and uh, during that time that is 2000 i'm talking about occupational therapy was ranked 1 in the us 
amongst all the jobs and currently also it is in first 20 okay. in the US so uh, okay so that attracted me because uh, my three cousins we have we are, I'm uh, born and brought up in a joint family so all my three cousins sisters are uh, MBBS MD doctors so they always warn you just think twice before taking an MBBS and when this whole thing happened I used to be <laughs> with the therapist I used to help and I realized that uh, this is what I want to do I mean, there was more than exercise that I was doing mm. with my aunt and the way the whole entire process pulled, I said, this is the place I want to be in. So then the results came <laughs> and I got into uh, KEM hospital, which was my uh, dream come true. Uh, so then I did master's from there, taught there and then came to my hospital. And I always, uh, so uh, in during oh, wonderful, reunion, wonderful. Uh, uh, during our school reunion, I still remember a few people coming and saying that Srihash has only two, had only two dreams in school. Like to one to become a teacher and one other to become a doctor. And by God's grace, I'm both now. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, that's... so, uh, so it's amazing. The whole journey has been really rewarding. And I think this is a place I belong because I was creative. I was into arts then also. So, uh, I think uh, it's just made this, uh, I mean, I would not have seen myself anything else than the uh, occupational therapist. So, now I'm into Mandala art, but people say that I think you are a better artist than therapist. I said, no, it helps me being a good therapist <laughs> after all. So, I think uh, being okay. occupational therapist is embedded into my every cell of body now. Okay, that's so, so, so beautiful to hear that, you know, a personal experience kind of, you know, uh, channelized you, you it uh, actually led you to this field. And uh, that first hand experience of seeing the benefit, seeing the effect of uh, the positive effect of occupational therapy on a family member kind of goaded you to actually explore this as a profession. Right. And uh, that's that's so wonderful because uh, I'm in fact, that is with the very aim of the podcast is also the same that to give the listener a first hand kind of, you know, a very close and up and personal kind of feeling that, you know, if you hear it from somebody who is working in this field, then you're more likely to feel engaged and feel more motivated to actually explore the you know occupation that we are discussing. So that's really great. Uh, so Shriyash, you also mentioned a lot of you already done so, but I would like you to elaborate it a little more because you said that you were creative you are an artistic person on your own and you also said that as as an uh, you know a person who is both a teacher as well as an occupational therapist there are whole host of abilities and skills that you need to bring to this particular profession and you also mentioned briefly like and i would like to now uh, you know ask you to elaborate a little more on that you mentioned briefly how you motivated uh, a student to you know kind of actually uh, help the person you know even if the person appeared to be sleeping so what kind of uh, attitudes what kind of aptitudes or skills would you say would be uh, would be kind of an advantage uh, what kind of natural inclinations would be more suitable or aligned to this profession and then of course uh, you know flowing from that what are the kind of personalities that one would really gel well with being an occupational therapist 
so uh, most of uh, uh, the students uh, many a times come by default to occupational therapy because they haven't got their mbbs seat or they haven't got their bds seat oh so it's a secondary but, choice <laughs> not a first choice for, for many most is of them, yeah but uh, of late we are getting a lot of uh, students who want to take up occupational therapy because of the lot of awareness uh, drives that uh, all india occupational therapists association is taking or even we as an independent occupational therapist are going into uh, different different fields so um, so coming to aptitude that yes you must have all your basic senses alert so you must uh, be a good listener a good observer a very keen observer so there are a lot of times that you observe while like you the verbal and non verbal communication you should be very articulate because uh, when i talk about history taking like case record forms and students you should be very cautious that you are not tapping a very sensitive most part which the patient is not comfortable with we should give that mm. space and which that should flow out so you must be patient one the most important thing you must be patient about it and the second important thing is that anybody would want is to be depersonalized so like uh, my uh, usually students say that you are a terror in the ward and a friend outside so i always say be a roman when you are in the room so when i am with patient i am and i am a hope for that patient and when i am with you i am a mentor or a, so i i cannot be a mentor all the time and i cannot be a therapist i am very human at the same time also so one we must uh, know that uh, we enter somebody's life and what happens is occupational therapy is a very long process so we actually tend to become an extended at times extended family or an extended person in that person's entire cult, uh, um, no a human environment so what mm-hmm. happens is to depersonalize is very important you cannot like up imagine like i am listening to 20 patients in a day that they cannot do this 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 i am not able to do that i am not able to do and if you take that baggage home imagine and then your mother mm. starts complaining your father starts complaining ki ye dukh raha hai wo dukh raha you cannot be therapist all the time so you need to depersonalize yourself so you need to come mm. out of that situation very swiftly so that you maintain yourself as a result the third point that comes is uh, uh, an occupational therapist should have collateral skills by that i mean they should always have coping strategies to because listening to a trauma is also a trauma and many a times like you have i have seen uh, uh, students collapsing into a dissection or or maybe seeing that blood or something so you must know that it all comes with a package it all mm-hmm. comes with a package there is stress of completion there is stress of uh, clinical assignment there is stress of syllabus and all that if you want to do it you have to so that's the so you have to have patience tolerance because and as i said uh, ability to depersonalize so you should not carry that baggage for a long duration of time um also um language by that i mean whole body as well as spoken language is very mm. important addressing up because there are a lot of times uh, being from a tertiary hospital we get patients from a different different cultural background so we must be able to adapt and keep our personal opinions 
apart from what you are hearing or listening uh especially the you know the social stigma that comes in if you are taking uh, treating a cure or you, if you are treating a transgender so that person's mm. opinion should minimally interfere and you must be fortified for doing that and also you should be able to build yourself each day build yourself okay. each day and uh, be curious be curious about why this thing is happening what i can do more so the more curious you are so the, the better understanding uh, of the entire process is evolves in front of you and that makes you a good therapist okay I, and connecting connecting uh, at different levels and at the same time swiftly moving out of that situation so that it does not affect you personally mm hmm okay so you talked about uh, you know uh, when you say depersonalizing i think i'll just explain a little more it is uh, you know attached detachment is that what you're talking about right yes. so while you are in the situation interacting with the patient then you are completely involved you are involved. completely there yes and but the moment you step out uh to protect your own emotions to protect your own mental health you need to be detached as well and i guess that will also help you to look at the situation or the person objectively and right. not uh you know and uh, as you again uh, very uh, importantly you pointed out that you know your own views and opinions should not color the perception of the person or the situation right. so you have to you have to just accept the person or the situation this is it is what it is uh, right. so like so you so there's no judgment we should come here. in yes, yeah yeah I sure so uh, in psychiatry we use something called as projective technique so we tell okay. the patients uh, to color or draw something i always tell ki don't just judge only because the person has drawn a rose or a peacock don't think he is got an uh, hypersexual behavior so you have to uh, you have to be open as i said you have to be curious why it has why he is drawn so what exactly is the context for example somebody who's a embroider is a tailor he will definitely draw a peacock so you have to take a lot of things into consideration before you actually tag in that person mm-hmm. so that is all the whole uh, uh, ability to uh, uh, think uh, out of or extrusively is very important so it the i mean the way you are you have been doing it for a long period of time now and i'm sure the the level of expertise you have in understanding these various nuances has uh, like you know as you said learn every day but uh, how is it for new students is it very overwhelming for them to you know uh, that i should know everything is there that feeling of you know oh, am i am i falling behind or am i you know lacking skills i am not really really ready for this how do you build up their confidence there uh, yes so what happens is uh, we have a uh, best of both like we have clinical uh, as well as theoretical uh, uh, in the syllabus so we expose them we send them with the post graduate students we send them with the therapist we have on table clinics and a lot of them we do it for role modeling okay and we have from third year mm-hmm. and fourth year they start presenting their cases so they have ward exams so they have to formulate evaluate and formulate the program and that how we be uh, we develop their communication skills 
so yes there are at times not like everything is not green and pink there there are certain instances when students cannot cope up there are instances when there are certain personal factors that also trigger in i mean basically this entire phase when you are into a professional course it's quite a stressful situation for them because mm-hmm. they are exploring themselves as adults they are also taking up additional responsibility they are transition between being dependent to become independent so there is a lot of personal uh, personal uh, adjustment or uh, as we are uh, talk uh, uh, about psychological development even we are they are also developing their own systems so what happens if uh, because of any kind of personal situations at home any kind of trauma that they suffer it might interfere in their learning process as a teachers it, it is a quite uh, double edged sword job for us to see being an occupational therapist we we have to be occupational therapist in that situation so uh, so we support our each student who's going going through a trauma or a rough phase keeping our professionalism intact so we mm-hmm. we acknowledge that you have a problem we acknowledge that you are not able to cope up but we will help you go there but we will we will not uh, pull you through it so we will you have you to climb push. out yourself you have to climb yeah. the tree or climb so the mountain cannot, yourself yeah we cannot uh, we cannot make up for your lack of attendance but we really are empathetic about your your problems so there are many a times as now we see the newer generation with the coping mechanisms being very fragile we have to deal a lot with that and we have to deal a lot of it with a lot of empathy dealing with adult students is a great challenge for uh, teachers of this era so um, so matching up so being a mentor than actually a professor so i usually i am a first year in charge so when students are in entered i am in charge so i make this statement i am a very friendly professor so there is a clause i am friendly but yet a professor so that makes a difference <laughs> <laughs> so that allows them to express them without the fear of being rejected because that is what we want to build them as a therapist also so when you are so be what you what you preach is always my victim of teaching so if i am saying you to do something i should have done that before or i should be using that into my value systems or else at least i must acknowledge that you have this value system in you so okay. that is how awesome. it is <laughs> okay so uh, shriharsh like you work in a hospital setting right so what are some of the kind of job opportunities available like when your students they uh, pass out from this course when they have completed and whether uh, so one option is going in for a post graduation but what you said that you know uh, somebody can start practicing immediately after their graduation right. as well so right. what are some of the opportunities that a person can explore so uh uh definitely the higher education is an option uh you can start your own clinic you can join somebody as a center which is an uh, you can join polyclinics there are a lot of opportunities for occupational therapists in a school setup both regular uh, school or um, uh and special school i mean schools meant for neuro uh, 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 children who are not neurotypical 
so inclusive that schools. is inclusive schools yeah inclusive mm. schools special ed, uh, schools and there are a lot of opportunities now in uh, various centers hospital acute care hospitals where you can become a consultant the whole lot of uh, chunk lies in home based private practice wherein the therapist goes to a person's home and treats them especially for people who are acutely ill and who can who have accessibility problems for example mm-hmm. they cannot climb down physical paralysis children with dif- difficulties older older adults where they cannot commute in that situation home based private practice is a good option there are a lot of people now entering into various uh, newer fields becoming entrepreneurs and like ergonomics the major one is now being in industrial ergonomics like industrial welfare now the whole thing concept has now left the thing that has started two few decades back is now played up in occupational therapy like because everybody working from home having low back ache and issues with uh, with a change setup so now a lot of people are going into ergonomics uh, a lot of people are uh, setting up their own centers where they fabricate and design splints the sky is the limit there are uh, there are uh, my seniors who are uh, working abroad in forensic psychiatry prisons so i think and there are few students of mine who have gone as far as uh, in the matcher to set up a center there so so uh, one to personal causation and your uh, level of stretchability uh, is mm. is what decides to be so when somebody asks what is the scope of occupational therapy so i said how do you i mean i think i and the uh, uh, the vadapa wala must be earning the same a day what what is important is an intent to mm-hmm. do so to intend to step out of our cocoon and explore the world and then the sky is the limit so there are one to the can for educational institutes second private clinics schools polyclinics wherein there are teams set up uh, specialized setups like ergonomics industries and uh, forensics setups so community setups home based private practices are the few i of it can quote but i am sure there are many others also places where occupational therapists work wonderful so there are a whole host of uh, avenues and opportunities that one can explore it is not uh, it is not just one particular place that you can work in it is not just a hospital setting or so th- that's wonderful to know and i'm sure that will be very beneficial to lot of people who are contemplating you know whether right. because then once you are aware that these are the kind of opportunities that exist one can really think about exploring it also right. so having said that and although you said that there is a lot of awareness now but still like when i began like i said uh, people are more aware of you know physiotherapists because that is more commonly known however the awareness of occupational therapy is not so high and uh, so what do you think i mean like how can this as an option can uh, you know made be made popular among youth 
and how can you present it uh, what can help build it present it as a very very uh, viable option both as a career and both as even for treatment also like uh, even if somebody is contemplating they wouldn't know what does an occupational therapist do and how they can how occupational therapy can help them so if you can answer in both ways like as a career like you said that there is a lot of right. opportunity for growth but right. how do you popularize it how do you you know grow the awareness of right. it and uh, also as a treatment option how do you bring in uh, it to the notice of people that this is something that is so uh, beneficial that you should contemplate it along with the medicinal approach that you are looking at so uh, as i said like uh, it started in 1950 the first appeal of rehabilitation and then uh, our collateral started building up what happened is uh, the number of colleges didn't increase so we are only okay. four colleges now in mumbai and five in uh, entire maharashtra so sain nayar kem nagpur which is affiliated under nhs and dy patil padmashri dy patil university so that has that's the only private uh, college in entire maharashtra so and the number of seats are less as a result people coming out of this course unless and most of them is a brain drain because there are a lot of opportunities for people abroad but mm-hmm. to our surprise and to our uh, credit there are a lot of people who want to pursue their uh, their uh, higher education and there are a lot of centers that have come in uh, which offer like tata institute they started just recently started a post graduate course in oncology we also we have all india institute of uh, medical and physical rehabilitation in hajiali which caters to postgraduate courses so uh, we are uh, so uh, i always make a uh, make a rationalization for this like uh, see the whichever is rare is more valuable isn't it so 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 sunar ki to ek lohar ki so that's how i rationalize it so how to uh, so this uh, bringing up awareness like we started um, now it was in papers we celebrated 27th october as world occupational therapy day and 14th november as occupational therapy day in india because the first school of occupational therapy was established on 14 november by dr kamlavi nimkar at cgs okay. medical college and km hospital so uh, so one to we are doing uh, uh, a lot of uh, as a uh, convener of mumbai branch also we see to it that we create a lot of awareness we make our self presence in the various uh, conferences we are invited uh, speakers at various conferences what i uh, what i usually uh, believe and do is create awareness amongst the fellow colleagues that is mm-hmm. where it the entire crux lies when i am in the neurosurgery ic when i am in the neurology ward when i am posted in plastic surgery i make my work visible to the physicians and clinicians that are work around me they know that how mm. differently i am working they know how differently i am thinking and what exactly am i doing with the patient without them when there is an awareness in the referral systems so when these hmm. clinicians so as a, a very simple example when uh, i started my uh, post uh, doctorate uh, course as phd and i took up adults with autism a lot of uh, uh, awareness went around creating that it can be misdiagnosed or not diagnosed initially and that people with uh, autism can be diagnosed later in life and then there i mean there is a whole sea of clients that are coming in 
so uh, so by research by publishing and making ourselves present in various forums by participating in various conferences we are going there uh at the same time creating public awareness is we are a part of lot of uh, community camps we are a part of uh, uh, various uh, teams that go to community setups so that helps us like uh, i personally uh, been deputed by our uh, uh, respected director sir to latu samvedana organization which is an organization run in by uh, rss in latu dedicated to all uh, all children with special needs or individuals with special needs in the entire yeah so we do a by by yearly visit there so this is how we we are slowly but we are surely progressing and that we will have uh, getting to know about but uh and also o comes before p so so it will take a little more while but now with the central council idea coming up with the allied uh, health council bill i am more hopeful that there will be more colleges which are in pipeline will come up and there will be a great awareness but till then each one of us will oaths to spread as little as possible till we are in this profession so that's how we are doing building it small yeah. small day by day that's that's really great and i'm i really hope that this podcast also uh, you know yeah. adds a little more in that direction <laughs> yes. by creating awareness at least among <laughs> people I, yeah Yeah, and yeah, I thank you uh, for that. I really thank you for that. <laughs> so it it was great having you as a guest on this podcast because uh, the kind of knowledge, the kind of information, the kind of value you have brought, uh, that is really wonderful. I mean, I cannot thank you enough for doing uh, this podcast episode today. So thank you so much for joining me and uh, listener. This is this is what the podcast is all about, and we really hope. to give you a lot more information a lot more knowledge which will enable you to either use that information for yourself either use it to guide somebody else them whom you think would benefit from this and of course uh, just to build up that even that awareness so uh, in my last episode as well i had spoken about this that as you rightly said that we need more colleges we need more governmental intervention to making things accessible to the people who really need this so even uh, at that time and similarly today i will mention that if we have any government uh, employee or government official who is listening to this podcast so uh, we are requesting you through our podcast that you know make sure that this efforts do not go way in vain they should be as much as possible you know uh, distributed to as many people as possible so that you know concrete results come in to popularize the this information to know uh, to create avenues for getting these kind of uh, you know uh, jobs or uh, careers into place so that so many people of our population benefit from it and there is definitely that need is there so once again yeah thank you so much rehash thank you so much for joining me today i thank and you also along with uh, a director of my institute my department actually all my colleagues and students who who build me up as a teacher and a professional each day and i think it's a collaborative process and i really thank you for having me here and i hope at least i it adds a drop to the entire ocean of knowledge to people who are listening to you and i really wish the best for you for your future episodes to come 
थैंक यू थैंक यू सो मच श्रीहर्ष सो लिस्नर आफ्टर दिस एपिसोड इज पब्लिश वी विल बी टेकिंग अ शॉर्ट ब्रेक एंड वी विल बी मीटिंग अगेन इन द न्यू ईयर विथ another set of uh, you know uh, a career cluster which will be different from psychology but what it is that i'm not going to share right now that is for you to wait for and to discover and keep listening keep sharing and do subscribe to the podcast and looking forward to bringing you many more such wonderful guests who are going to give you a whole lot of information and who are going to you know share their experiences which are unforgettable so thank you once again and have a great day Take care and goodbye.